0: Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. Our guest today has dedicated his life to educating people around the world about the medical benefits of cannabis ever since his son, William, died of epilepsy in June of last year. He's the creator of Something Has to Change and Now!, he produces videos from Gramps Place, a backyard shed converted to a video studio. And you can find his videos on YouTube, and he also has a Facebook page. And joining us from Texas is Chris Grisolia. Chris, it's good of you to do this. Thanks very much. Oh, well, thank you for having me. For those listeners who may be unfamiliar with your story, give us some background on your son, William, and what happened
1: to him. Well, uh try to make a long story short. Uh, basically, when he was about nine and a half years old, he had his first seizure. And, of course, we, we took him to the, to the hospital, had him all checked out. And uh, they couldn't find anything at that time, which is so often the case with people with epilepsy. They never really find a, a actual cause. But uh, he didn't have another seizure for probably close to a year and a half. And they weren't really that frequent. And so we had been given the prognosis from a neurologist that uh, basically he, he felt like he fit into a category of children that manifest epilepsy between the ages of 8 and 10 and generally grow out of it between the ages of 12 and 14. So with this frequency, you know, naturally, we were hopeful that that would be the case, but it wasn't. Uh, it continued as he got older the frequency became more and more frequent typically he was probably having them anywhere from every 2 to 3 months as he was entering into high school it was kind of troublesome for him uh, as far as his lifestyle because he never knew when it was going to happen there were no warning signs no no indications whatsoever he would just simply he could be walking across the school cafeteria and just fall out in a full grand mal seizure and be out for up to you know six seven eight minutes at any rate uh when he started driving started working he got older he he hadn't taken any medications up to that point because his mother and i were kind of at odds over that issue and being divorced it you know that's a hard aspect to traverse needless to say he came to me when uh he he was of age to make his own decisions and uh Wanted help. So I took him to another doctor. They started him on some medications. He tried probably six or seven different medications over the years, but the effect was almost exactly the opposite of what you would expect. You know, medication is supposed to help a situation. And with him, uh, the frequency just seemed to get closer and closer and closer. Uh, In the end, he was having seizures. From what I understood, it was uh, about every two to three weeks. I'm, I've learned in recent weeks from his brother that it was probably more like once a week. And uh, June 13th of uh, last year, he he seized as he was getting ready to go to work, and uh, that was it. He didn't wake up.
0: Did you ever at all discuss the possibility of using cannabis with your son?
1: Yes, actually, uh, we had discussed it briefly because, you know, we'd heard of several stories from several people. Uh, Another little girl from Texas here who's in Colorado now by the name of Alexis Bortel has uh, had over two years now completely seizure-free using nothing but cannabis for her treatment. And uh, she was having anywhere from uh, 30 to 100 seizures a day before switching to cannabis, which is just absolutely amazing to me but we we heard heard of some of these stories and uh you know uh, we we talked about it but living in uh southern Oklahoma where he lived he he wasn't legal so you know he didn't have that an opportunity and with seizure disorder if you have seizures fairly frequently you're not allowed to drive a vehicle so he was dependent on family and friends to get him to the store to work you know you name it and uh, he just didn't feel like he had the ability to move to Colorado like <clears throat> some other people have you know so that they can gain access Chris can I, so we really didn't can I just ask how old was William at this point at the point when he passed yes he was 23 23 yeah he would, would have been 24 years old today. But at any rate, um, you know, we, we looked at it briefly, but, but he, he just wouldn't break the law. So he was kind of kind of not allowed, so to speak.
0: Chris, do you ever look back and think that if your son William had taken marijuana, that he would be alive today? What's your feeling
1: with respect to that? Well, uh, you know, we got to be honest. Nobody will ever really know the answer to that question just because of the fact that he didn't get that opportunity. But uh, the number of people I've found and the number of scientific studies, uh, clinical trials around the world, personal stories that, that I've read, people that have contacted me through my page that, that are of all ages from children to people in their 70s who are using cannabis for treatment of their epileptic condition and doing it with better success than anything they've ever used in their life just uh, all of that put together i can't help but believe that his life would have been much better at the very least and uh, i can't help believe that it would be it would have been longer i mean it's just i, I can't I can't see it any other way. There's too much evidence that states that that would be the case.
0: Yeah, we have interviewed a number of people on this program whose children have had epilepsy and had really, really severe epilepsy and were on many pharmaceutical medications. And as a result of using cannabis, they have reduced their child's epilepsy seizures to almost zero, and have really gotten them off uh of a whole list of pharmaceutical medications that were they were on that were doing actually more harm than good,
1: and yeah, uh, that's the case with the pharmaceuticals you know you're looking at, at at kidney issues, liver issues, you know this stuff is basically poison from from everything I've read about it yeah
0: yeah what was what's your personal history with uh, cannabis?
1: I used cannabis as a recreational item for over 26 years. I started smoking cannabis when I was 17 years old. And uh, I quit a little over eight years ago when I married my current wife. It was kind of a a silent request, but I knew it was her feeling. So I said, what the heck? I gave it up. It's been a long, good run, you know. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I didn't need it. And, and I had absolutely zero issue giving it up, which is contrary to what everybody says. You know, it's so addictive.
0: Yeah. It's
1: totally ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I've quit smoking cigarettes four or five times over the years, and uh, I've never seen anything harder in my life uh, to quit. I also had, uh, when I was a, a very young man, a little bout with uh, cocaine addiction. And that's another one that I can tell you is definitely an addictive substance. It's hard to give up. But cannabis is not not that way. And somebody who already has a history with addictive behavior surely should have had an issue, and I had zero. Also, uh, contrary to the uh, popular belief, uh, what I like to call propaganda that's pushed around the world, About how if you're a cannabis user, you become stupid and you become uh, a lazy person, you know, someone who's unsuccessful and unproductive. And I didn't have a problem with that either. By the age of 21, I was the general store manager of a major retail chain outlet, and uh, I was managing a 35,000-square-foot store. You know, I did that for about five, five and a half years, and, and then retail started to change, and the responsibilities and the actual job aspect changed to where it was no longer fun. So through a little provocation from a former boss, I was uh, decided to try outside sales for a little bit, which turned out to not really be my ball of wax. So uh, I decided at that point, I was about 26 years old, that I needed to uh, maybe learn a trade you know have some kind of trade experience to fall back on you know i had a lot family full of tradesmen so and i was at a point where i didn't really know where i was going to go so i started out in the construction industry and uh, from the time i started about two years later i was in charge of a nine-story building all on my own and uh, from that point on for 19 plus years I was always even changing companies from one company to another as is widely known factor of construction work. I always moved directly into a supervisory position. And I mean, I've built things from 20 story buildings to, to little storefront lease spaces, but the whole time being productive uh, and successful, uh, which is completely the opposite of uh, what everybody thinks. And uh, now I am uh, a project manager for a major construction company in Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, I got there the whole while being a quote-unquote pothead, you know, so that's a little bit of my history and a little bit of my philosophy surrounding it, I guess.
0: Yeah, pothead is uh, really a pejorative term. and uh, you, Exactly. Yeah, and uh, what we don't do for love, right, Chris? <laughs> I mean, you, sure. gave, you gave it up. Absolutely. Yeah, but I agree with you. I think quitting cigarettes, quitting smoking is, I know I've said this before, is one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was tough.
1: Yeah, uh, I've I've been without cigarettes for a little over a year and a half now. I think I've finally gotten rid of them for good.
0: <laughs> yeah, the craving just lasts for so long, and when people smoke, uh, the smell of the smoke after you've quit is just—it's uh, intoxicating. It's like a—it's mm-hmm. it's like a beautiful woman's perfume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Corey's nodding at me like, yeah, yeah, "Yeah, no, I get it, Ian. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I get it." <laughs> <coughs> Chris, what made, outside of the the fact that uh, your son uh, could have used cannabis, but he didn't want to break the law, what made you decide to become such a vocal activist for cannabis?
1: Well, uh, that he and I had discussed the possible use of cannabis for his treatment. But I I didn't know until after he passed, and it was actually after the funeral that his mother and I were talking. And uh, she brought it up and said, you know, I tried to get that kid to do something, you know, and and I said, what do you mean? And we started talking about it, and I said, well, we had talked about it, too, but, you know, he didn't want to break the law. And uh, that's kind of what really sparked The uh, beginning of my my in-depth research was that conversation. And uh, after I started doing a little research, it took me all of about an hour to find out of a medical clinical trial that was completed in the United States in 1937 in using cannabis for treatment in epileptic patients. And when I found that and I opened it up and I started to read it, I started to get pretty damn mad. You know, Uh, 1937 was when the uh, Marijuana Tax Act was passed Mm -hmm. in the United States. Uh, The American Medical Association testified against it. And something that I just recently figured out or found out is that the AMA representatives were not in – the chambers when the vote was actually taken. So when the question was asked, it was a a representative who answered, "We agree" for the AMA, which just totally boggles the mind. But um, you know, and it started to breed an in depth anger inside me because they knew in 1937 when they started all of this in the United States. You know, it just, uh, it just, I don't know, I I might have lost for words. Yeah, no,
0: I I can understand your frustration because uh, a person on our Facebook page sent us a document yesterday and I was looking through it and I, uh, I haven't read the whole thing. But it was the testimony that you're referring to and the American Medical Association said there is absolutely no proof. That cannabis, they called it marijuana at the time. Uh, yes. That uh, marijuana causes any uh, harm to an individual, and the American of Medi- any age of any age, exactly. And uh, the American Medical Association, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was the second or third most prescribed medication at the time. I may be wrong in that, but uh, it was widely used as a tincture. During, mm-hmm. during the early part of the 20th century. And, Absolutely. And it was very beneficial for many things that we're supposedly discovering today. Mm-hmm. And this was political. It's a, been a political decision all around the world, and it has harmed people irreparably for decades and, Absolutely. And I think you have discovered that. And I think the more people who are educated through programs like this, by you telling your story, by you doing your videos and Facebook page stories, people can educate themselves and make their own decisions on whether this is good for them or they want to accept the political propaganda that has been perpetrated for the last uh, 70 years or more.
1: Yeah, that's the goal, anyway, is to to educate and motivate people, and maybe uh, in the process agitate as well. It, it just amazes me that uh, that that goofy little marijuana tax act, their first effort for making it illegal in the United States, was deemed unconstitutional in 1969, and uh, it was a Supreme Court case uh, called Leary versus the United States, and of course immediately. The following year, 1970, is when Nixon pushed Congress for the uh, Controlled Substances Act, which was, of course, the creation of the uh, DEA and all that mess. And ironically enough, it was after they got that passed and after the creation of the DEA that, that Nixon still wanted even more evidence, you know, to support his story. So he had scientific research started funded by the uh, National Institutes of Health through the Medical College of Virginia to attempt to prove that cannabis kills brain cells and hampers the immune system what they found is it wasn't killing brain cells in fact it wasn't hurting them at all they also found that it was uh, killing cancer cells instead they also proved it enhanced the immune system instead of hampering it so of course they ceased that study immediately and buried those reports you know Yet the laws stay in place. We've had in the United States, we had the Freedom of Information Act that was passed several years back. And it's basically through that that a lot of this is coming to light to the public's knowledge. And uh, you would think at this point in time with the states in the United States that have 100 percent fully legalized recreational and medical and, you know, all the myths that are out there that. We're, we're going to see uh, higher crime rates. We're going to see uh, higher accident death tolls because people are going to get high, get behind the wheel, you know, and cause accidents. And all of those things are doing the exact opposite. And something that nobody even thought of when uh, they, they made it legal in these areas is uh, how the uh, uh, narcotics, you know, are supposed to be, you know, marijuana is a gateway to the narcotics. Well, narcotic use is going down in those states. You know, it's it's just totally opposite of everything we've been told for decades.
0: Yeah, we've interviewed a woman in Florida who was on heroin, and mm-hmm. she got off heroin by using cannabis. Cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Cold turkey. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, it's just amazing. And uh, who was it that we were talking to the other day? A woman who was on painkillers. And mm-hmm. she was on methadone. She was started off with 10 milligrams of methadone.
2: 10 milligrams, yeah, that's and, correct.
0: And went on to, uh, she was up to 90
1: milligrams. 90,
2: yeah, 90 milligrams. And she came off of, uh, methadone, same thing, cold turkey with, uh, cannabis.
1: It's, it's amazing to me the number of people that, that are contacting me and telling me their stories now that I'm starting to get somewhat of a following. I'm approaching 10,000 likes on my page, so. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, uh, no, that's uh, that's awesome.
0: What uh, do you receive any negative feedback?
1: I have had uh, if if I was to try to put it into a percentage perspective, uh, maybe less than than one one hundredth of a percent. And some of those, I can I've been able to change their mind along the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's not uh, difficult to change uh, someone's mind if they have the information in front of them. I was yeah. ta- I was talking to a lawyer today, and uh, a well-known lawyer in the, in where we live, and his wife is expecting a baby, and he said that he would probably grow marijuana if uh, if the baby couldn't uh, eat the leaves. And I I told him, I said, well, if you eat the leaves, there's no psychoactive effect. You have to heat it up first. And he said, oh, I didn't know that. And so it's just, this is something that's going to take years and years and years to start to educate people. But I think with the states that are legal in the United States, both medically and recreationally, and Canada is going to legalize it recreationally on July 1st of 2018, Mm -hmm. I think what will happen is people will start to slowly change their mind when they see that drunk driving charges and uh, situations like that are reduced. Domestic violence is reduced. And all the criminal activity, I shouldn't say all the criminal activity, but some criminal activity will be reduced. It will be a much better understanding that people have that cannabis is not this dangerous crack cocaine that people believe it is.
1: Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's just, just ridiculous. You know, the whole the whole storyline, how it was even created to begin with, with reefer madness and all that craziness, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it just goes to show you how easily people can be made to believe something and of course, you know they made it easy in the United States with uh, William Randolph Hearst being a newspaper, <clears throat> excuse me, newspaper tycoon that he was. He he had access to publish whatever he wanted, full page, you know. But it's just it's ludicrous. It's completely and totally ludicrous.
0: What is this illegal situation or, or illegality of cannabis in the state of Texas?
1: Uh, basically, they have what they call the. Uh, compassionate use act which is like minimal minimal cbd oil for minimal uh conditions and that's it other than that you're not allowed i mean cbd is
0: non-psychoactive it's made from sure made from the hemp plant and the mm-hmm. the constitution of the united states was written on hemp wasn't it
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just George saying, used to grow. <laughs> you figure that one out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to point out one uh, one thing that that's really special to me that that has started to happen a little bit of uh, when you talk about. You ask me about you know the response I get and some of the comments I get from people and whatnot. Uh, I had one that literally broke me down into tears. Couple weeks ago, I was uh, commenting back and forth on one of my my posts with some people on the page, and one person was thanking me and uh, for for giving her the information and doing what I'm doing. And I responded with no thanks are necessary. If I had known the real benefit sooner, I would have forced my son to break the law, whether he was an adult or not. It's too late for him, but I can do whatever I can to make change happen in his memory. I will not rest until we have it where we need it. And the response that I got back from that was uh, pretty overwhelming. Uh, The response was, well, just so you know, our journey began with this page. You have made a difference, a huge difference in our lives. Our girl is suffering a lot less, and thank God we went against pharmaceuticals.
2: That's awesome.
0: I don't know whether you know uh, the history of my co-host here, Corey Yelland. She was diagnosed with anal canal cancer five years ago and uh, told that she needed radiation. Uh, she refused because of the side effects, like closing your orifices and burning your pubic bone. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doc, the oncologist, said, "Well, you've got uh, two to four months to live. Six at the outside." She researched cannabis oil, uh, started making her own, started taking it, and a year later, less than a year later, I think, Corey, you went back and you were clear.
2: Yeah, cancer free.
0: Cancer free. And that was five years. Wonderful. And to the surprise of your oncologist, who kind of has flipped, done a 180, he's more interested in cannabis now. Yeah, with the GP. the the
2: gp's done a 180 yeah he covered his ears he didn't even want to hear what i was doing he literally covered his ears and went la 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 and (laughs) now he's like cannabis is amazing Corey. do you know how many people we kill each day with pharmaceuticals
1: yeah yeah, you know so it's every day from chemo
2: well exactly and and it's just um a matter of we really need to educate people and and then Ian had me on his show for a half hour and got an overwhelming
0: response and um yeah I used to do a radio show a uh, talk show in where we live and got fired last summer so. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah so Corey and I just decided to do this and when we were looking for a place to do this, a woman offered her office space a spare office space. Until she found out what we were going to talk about, and then she told us that it didn't agree with her values.
2: <laughs> and she totally, she totally reneged. But, you know, I think yeah. both Ian and I can relate to what you were saying, you know, that that message that you had from that woman about how you've touched her life. And I think um, maybe it would be fair to say, Ian, that perhaps one real pinnacle point for you was when we were actually on the air and you got that email.
0: Yeah, t- tell uh, Chris the story of the woman whose daughter was in intensive care.
2: Yeah, we so we we're, were on the air when she got, uh, when Ian received this email, and uh, what had happened was she had heard, she had been flown back to Toronto, where she had a 26-year-old, 26, I think, yeah, daughter who had, out of the blue, been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer, mm. had done one round of chemo, uh, and it almost killed her. She was in intensive care. And she was not expected to live the week. And when the mom was there, she had her laptop, and she happened to tune in and listen to us on uh, public radio and heard my story and contacted me, and I was able to kind of get her pointed in the right direction. And uh, this letter that we received while we were on the air was basically saying thank you, and um, her daughter was healthier than she'd been in years, and the cancer was almost completely gone.
1: Amazing.
0: Yeah, that was one that really almost brought me to tears, and it really changed my outlook in cannabis, because I knew nothing about cannabis yeah. until I started interviewing Corey. And when we had it, when I had her on the air, people would just phone in from all over, particularly from the United States. And, mm-hmm. uh, boy, it really changed my attitude. And uh, I guess I did a 180 as well. And I think it's absolutely beyond absurd that governments can make a plant illegal.
1: Just, uh, it, that's exactly my point. It's a friggin' plant, a seed that you plant in the ground. It sprouts. It grows. It's a plant. <laughs>
0: it's, <laughs> it's a, a plant. plant. Yeah, I know. I mean, magic mushrooms aren't illegal,
1: are they? Uh, depends on where you're at, actually. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah,
0: yeah, Chris. Uh, anything you want to say in conclusion? I think you've you've what you're doing is absolutely fabulous. I think uh, your your son would be extremely proud of you. I well, think so uh,
2: too. I think so too. I, th- I think it's wonderful that you're. Putting so much effort and energy into spreading the word and potentially saving other parents from going through what, what you went
1: through. Well, that's that's my goal, uh, and you know, with with everything I've learned, everything that uh, comes to light more and more just pushes me even further, and uh, it just I can't rest at night knowing that I'm not doing anything about it. I mean, I've always been a a more or less politically motivated person, uh, and uh, generally for just general politics altogether, but I've completely dropped that whole aspect of my life, and I concentrate when I have free time, which is not much, but gives me enough to do what I'm doing, and I have concentrated on nothing but this. I have probably close to 2,000 hours just in, in research since last June. And uh, I, you know, I dedicate three to four hours a day to it, and I'm not going to stop. I, I was in the process today to send out a letter that I wrote that I already sent to every U.S. senator in the United States. And I was trying to send it out this morning to uh, every House of Representative member. But they have this fancy little thing that you have to put in your zip code, and if your zip code's not in their constituency, you can't send them an email. So I guess I've decided that my next video that I'm probably going to post today, later today, will be uh, basically that letter as an open letter to the House of Representatives of the United States of America. You know – Education, motivation, and agitation is how we get things done in the United States, for sure. Something that our people have forgotten how to do. And my goal is to spend every last day of my life, if that's what it takes, to make this happen. Good for you. I
0: like that. Motivation, education, and and agitation. agitation. Oh, I love the agitation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, how can people uh, find your videos if you have a Facebook profile, if you just go up to the uh, search bar at the top of the page and just type in something has to change and now, that will get you to the Facebook page. I have most of them have been transferred from YouTube onto the Facebook page now. There's, I'm, I think, three or four that are still only on YouTube. But uh, you can do the same thing as far as YouTube. Just go to YouTube and, and search something has to change and now. It come, brings up a lot of stuff, even some of just the videos, but the page is also there, the, the YouTube channel. So,
0: Chris, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, you're doing wonderful work, and we look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks very much. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. That's it. Another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to tell your story about using cannabis for medical purposes, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com or contact us on Facebook or Twitter. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter.